I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, Geeky Dees? Welcome back to another fan fantastic episode of the geek down podcast this is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect hey it's old man ferguson <laughs> and caitlin mckinnon <laughs> the much younger caitlin mckinnon if you would like to listen to every episode of the geek down podcast we have ways to accommodate you we do well two. then the first of which is soundcloud.com slash geek down pod give us a follow on there you will get a notification every time a new episode goes live and all of our archives are there as well that's true and if while you're there, you're like, I don't, what, you expect me to come here all the time? All the time. This is awful. I have things to do. This I have, is the worst. I have derivative Adult Swim promo videos to make. I have, there are <laughs> things need doing. <laughs> I don't have time for this. Well, thankfully, you short attention span millennial, we have a way to accommodate that as well. If while you're at SoundCloud, you will see a button that says subscribe. It's got a telltale corporate logo on it. It does. An apple with a, a, a perfect bite taken out perfect of it. Perfect bite. Somebody with. Perfect, perfect orthodontics. So again, millennials. (laughs) (laughs) Mommy and daddy's insurance paying for all of your, your university's insurance paying for all of your dental bills. Not like me. Hey, if you were a longtime listener of this show, you know all about Jordan's dental struggle. (laughs) But unlike Steve Jobs, I did not have perfect teeth, but you can click that button and it will take you to Apple Podcasts. While you're at Apple Podcasts, if you want to give this show a rate and review, it would really help us out. That would be awesome. Helps other people find the show. Means we pop up in suggested lists yeah. for people who are like, I want to listen to like, I don't know, the Crunchy Cast. And it's like, if you like that, you might like this. Nay, maybe it's the Geek Down. Maybe you listen to it. And maybe you do like it. Maybe, maybe you like it better. Maybe you do like it better. Listen, you're probably going to like it better. <laughs> I've heard some of these other podcasts. No shots, but shots. No shots, but that's like the, it's the, the sorry, not sorry. sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> that's, that's my aesthetic. I remember when the weakest one, loudest, loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. No, Shot, no shots, but shots. That's actually my philosophy. But yes, you can just follow us from your device. And you know what happens then? There's a chill in the air. Get a little frosty. Get a little cold. You'd be like, the what is ha- The bells in the distance. What is happening? It's not climate change, friends. It's just the magic. Of Chauncey, the internet elf. The geek down internet elf. He's branded. That's that's true. Um, Not like actually, like we didn't actually brand him, but no. he's just... No, that was, that's one of the reasons he fights for the elves. <laughs> that, that would, he's trying to break the yoke of Kringle and co. But Chauncey hits these streets with a sack full of piping hot takes from CNJ's Hot Take Emporium, and, and he's ready to deliver them. And we are full of takes today. We've got a lot of takes today. Yeah. And it is, it is episode... 89. Episode 89, 1989, a number, another summer. Get down, sound of the funky drummer. <laughs> I don't know what just happened there. Music in your heart because I know you got soul, brothers and sisters. Sorry, 89. Jordan, Jordan was possessed. <laughs> possessed by the spirit of Chuck D. Um, 89, it was, it was a good year for rap. Um, the Berlin Wall fell. It did. <laughs> good History year for, fact for you. Good year for rap. Good year for democracy. <laughs> High five. Bam. Gems. Gems. Gems for y'all. 
Anyway, what the fuck were we talking about? Yes, Chauncey will deliver piping hot takes of the Geek Town podcast directly into your ear hole. Might take a little getting used to, but trust me, he's a very gentle practitioner and you'll be fine. Yes. Oh, yeah. And soon enough, you'll you'll miss it when it's not there. <laughs> won't even notice you're being like, my ear hole is so clear right now. <laughs> I wish somebody was, I wish a tiny elf was jamming episodes into it. Don't worry, friends. Ain't missed a week yet. Nope. I think we did miss a week once. But. Once upon a time. And it was my fault. <laughs> um, and I bear that shame forever. <laughs> forever. I did brand her for that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what the hell else? If you're like... Socials. Socials. If you want to talk to us and and find out more about us or maybe give us suggestions for things to watch or read. Or, or ask for footnotes about the weird inside things that come out of our mouths at this point. <laughs> Yes. All of that, you can do it on wiki. our many socials. So many socials. Uh, First of which, Twitter. At GeekDownPod. We also have Instagram. At GeekDownPod. We have a Gmail account. WW... No, wait. That's wrong. Uh, GeekDownPod at gmail.com. Yep. <laughs> Almost did it. <laughs> and we have a Facebook page group something. Which is www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. So many ways... You can contact us. Also smoke signals or carrier pigeons. Or Car- psychic, uh, no carrier pigeons. Oh, well, right. That's Man, yeah. pigeons, dead pigeons in the neighborhood. Parkdale nature update. Are you ready for this one? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I was going to tell you this off mic, but I forgot, so now we're just going to get it. I go- and then I have to tell you my story. We're, we're going to get it live. Okay. So, uh, as you hear this, listeners, I will be not quite home yet, but it's birthday week for your mans. It's Thursday. Tributes. Will be accepted all day. <laughs> uh, there's all these kids. Uh, I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> volunteer as tribute. Yes, tribute to me. All the work I do for you, fucks. I love you all. But so yeah, going going back home, and you know I have friends and people who love me who apparently want to see me and do things with me. So there's that's like true. Uh, <laughs> Caitlin said that's true, but her face was one of disbelief. Friends. She 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 recoiled. She was like, "No, it was disbelief that you made such a big deal about it." She was like, "Bro, really?" Um, Didn't happen. So things that might happen, you know, uh, the homie Mr. Malash, the homie Mr. Malash, as excited if not more than my parents, which I (laughs) think is adorable, and I love you, Mr. Malash. Uh, Sent me a lovely video of his. Asking his son of all the things he wanted to do with Uncle Jordan when he gets down there, including look at butts. <laughs> That's great. The kid's like not even paying attention. It's like, you want Uncle Jordan to reach that book? He has no idea who the hell I am. I'm just yeah. like, I'm, I may as well be Santa Claus. Like, I'm just, I'm just a formless concept that he can't envision. <laughs> do you want Uncle Jordan to reach that book? Yeah. Do you, do you want to dance with Uncle Jordan to Funkin' Soul Records? Yeah. Do you want to look at butts with Uncle Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> cool shoes. We can look at butts all day. Uh. A lot of plans with Mr. Malosh, uh, and my my other homie Greg might go to I'm talk about whether or not we go to Detroit, but like we go to Detroit to dig. Yeah. And since I have since pardon the pardon the phrase, popped my cherry with online record ordering. Right. Tycho Nuki is here, friends. The Grail has arrived. He was very excited. And listen, Canada Post, sidebar. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna let you go. <laughs> go get a drink, eh? <laughs> Canada Post. I work nights. Yeah. And I, you know, was tracking that shit. It was coming from Japan. Yeah. It's a lot of ways for things to vanish. And not like it was the most expensive thing in the world, but it's you know, more money than I usually spend on items. It's about 60 bucks. Right. And checking that shipping. It's supposed to come Friday. Friday the 13th. <laughs> and I'm, I'm refreshing it. 
out for delivery. I spent so much time out on that stoop on Friday. I spent so much time at this table looking out that window. Right. Looking for vans. And at one point, around four in the afternoon, as I'm starting to go crazy because I've been awake for almost 24 hours. Yep. I see a Canada Post van come out. Boom! Down there. Race down there. I look. No nothing. I come upstairs. Refresh the tracking. Yeah. Notice left. I'm sorry, Canada Post. I don't know where you think you left this notice. Wasn't at my fucking house. Oh, shit. Stayed up all fucking day. So what happened? Where did they leave it? They took it to the goddamn drugstore, you know, the after hours. But they didn't, like, put a notice on the door? Nope. I had an email. They said I signed up for emails. Always oh, okay. sign up for email updates, friends, because if Canada Post fucks around and doesn't leave it, they took it to, I'm not going to say my actual address, but if they took it to that thing where you put your apartment number dash your address, yeah. which is what I usually do, and they always worked it out before, but I don't know, maybe worried they fucked it up and took it to a residence with the address number of my apartment type of thing, even right. though there isn't one, but be that as it may. I went down and I got the shit on Friday night. It's great. Tycho's here. So I have since, you know, come around to the beauty of just fuck digging. I'm going to just go online and order the shit I want. Right. So easy. But then you can't find treasures for a low, low price. You can't find treasures for a low, low price. And the land of treasures at low, low prices is Detroit, Michigan. We know yes. this. I have gone many times with my friends. And I wasn't planning on going. Didn't really know how time would work it out, what have you. And then Greg started asking me, like, you coming home? You want to you go for a dig? Blah, blah, blah. Ah. Ooh. Greg. Um, so we might do that now on um, this Saturday. Might do that. Might go to the Motown Museum, which is something we've talked about doing for ages. That's cool. Because it's just a house in Detroit. and Which is also cool. Which is dope. So yeah, we might do stuff like that. Anyway, to suss all these things out. I'm on my real Cosby. Like I told you that story to tell you this one type yeah. of thing. To suss all these things out, Mr. Malash, it's like, I'm going to call you. Right. All right. So I go out and let's take the garbage out, go on the stoop. And while I go to take the garbage out, that's how we get to nature update. I go to take the garbage out. A black squirrel runs up the fire escape okay with some urgency and i'm like eh, all right squirrel and as i continue my walk to the garbage can a gray squirrel is kind of slowly following him not follow but like going behind the garbage cans i'm right. like all right nature squirrels you know whatever it's kind of the slowest i've ever seen a squirrel move but you know whatever and i go and i sit on the stoop and i have a smoke and i wait for mr Malosh to call by the time mr Malosh actually calls the black squirrel has come back down the fire escape. Right. And the gray squirrel is trying to go up the fire escape. But something ain't right with the gray squirrel. Doesn't quite have the hustle to hop right. the steps. And it's something I've never seen in my life. Yeah. The black squirrel took the gray squirrel in its mouth <laughs> and started dragging it up the stairs of the fire escape. <laughs> what? <laughs> And I'm watching this. I've never seen this before. I'm fucking stunned. I'm like, what is this? Is it? And like, there was an infamous uh, shot on the Parkdale, the Parkdale Life Instagram account once of a squirrel eating a pigeon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nature, you scary. Um, So I was like, is this what, is this what that is? Like, you're going to eat that motherfucker? Or is it like your homie? (laughs) And he got caught out there and you're trying to like get him back, get him back to the crib. Um, is he's dragging him up and then he put him down and I don't, I don't know if the thing was dying or it was dead at this point or whatever, but he still got it in his mouth, bringing it up the stairs and it's his weight. Like, right. Oh so he's, God. he's making it and then he gets, he's on the top level 
yeah. of the fire escape and he gets onto the railing and he's like tipping like, oh, <laughs> no, because he's got oh, this no. fucking squirrel in his mouth and i'm like he's gonna drop that fucking thing it's gonna go <laughs> splat on the pavement and i am going to be goddamn traumatized i need to get away from here <laughs> and then before i did he made he tried to make a leap from like the fire escape to the roof oh my god didn't make it tragedy did not ensue he kind of landed back on the like man oh May all your homies ride for you as hard as Black Squirrel was riding for that dude. Like, I don't know what, what, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Between the fucking hawk that was perched, the death from above that was perched on my, on my fire escape last week. Goddamn squirrels out there <laughs> dragging their homies back to the crib. I don't know what is happening in Parkdale's wild world of nature, but Jesus Christ. Yes, yeah, so that was squirrels. My story is not. <laughs> It's not good it's going compared on your, to yours. It's been going on in your life. It is not. I don't know if I want to tell people the story. It's sad. It's, it's a sad. really sad story. And I just want to, I want to forewarn people about some things with this story. Okay. This is like sad, take, sad take, minute. Take but, a breath, everyone. <laughs> it's time for Caitlin's so sad, that was sad this update. that like fun story. Damn, I should have let you go first. Weird about squirrels. I just have a sad story. I have another story. I went out, I went out, we'll follow, I'll do my second story. Okay. I went out last week. All right. Last so week. we'll do like fun and weird, sad, and then fun and weird. Which is also just the catchphrase for this, <laughs> for this show. <laughs> for this show. Um, fun and weird. Sad, fun and weird. <laughs> the Down Podcast. And then there's some anger thrown in. <laughs> Uh, Jordan shaking his fists at the young kids. Stupid children. Like that. Why um, so sad, Kate? So we were leaving my parents' house for, after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I heard a big thunk, and it sounded like someone going over a speed bump, and I was like, there are no speed bumps. Uh-oh. And someone had hit a cat oh. and did not stop. Oh. They continued on. They obviously, they so loud, they must have known that they hit that cat. But, it, oh, it wasn't you. No, no. <laughs> I thought you said you thought you were in the car and her. No, no, thunk. we were headed to the car. Uh, and oh, yeah, that's worse. It was terrible. So we had to like, I ran back inside and grabbed oh. my parents, and I was inside looking for like numbers of vets. But well, what are we going to do when we can't run back in and get our parents I anymore? Well, we'll figure it out. But I just it was because they were there, and yeah. I didn't want to be weird and like hanging around outside their house and then be like, why is Caitlin out here? So I, and you know, it's their neighborhood. So I like ran back in, let them know. But I was looking up the name of like an emergency vet because the Mm -hmm. cat seemed to be moving when I ran back inside. But while I was inside, unfortunately, my mom went out and um, my stepdad and my dad and Chris were there and the Chris brought the cat to the side of the road and the cat unfortunately passed away. And then on the tag was the name of the owners and the number, so we had to call, and she came running, and she was bawling, and I was bawling, and my mom was bawling, and Chris was sad, and my stepdad was sad, and my dad was sad, and it was awful, and they were so sad. And just a reminder, people, if if you can, don't have your cats go outside. Like, they talk about how cats, like, they get hit a lot. Be careful. I know sometimes people have outdoor cats and that's the way they get them and it's hard to have them stay inside. Totally understand it. And maybe if you live like somewhere that it's not so... If you have a barn. If you, yeah, if you're, if it's not, there isn't so much traffic, but this is in Scarborough and it was just so sad and I was so sad for them and it was a beautiful cat and they obviously loved it. It had like two collars on and... 
I was just Why devastated. Are you doing this to us, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just want to remind people that if you are going to get a cat or buy a cat or looking into having a cat, please think about keeping it as an indoor cat. Um, there's so many things that can happen when it's an outdoor cat, and they. I know that um, the Humane Society set, really, when they adopt cats out, like to hear that people are going to keep them as indoor cats because of that. Um, also, to whoever you are who didn't stop, yeah, you are an asshole. Kiss and my I think ass. I hope you burn it out. <laughs> I think you are a terrible person, and something horrible should happen to you. Anyways, that's my story, which is really sad. And I'm still sad about it. Like, yeah. I'm still, she was so sad, so devastated, and I just felt feel awful for them. There's lots of crying. <laughs> I'm not laughing because of that. I'm laughing because random, because I was going to say that, well, if this makes you feel any better, um, the one thing that makes me sadder than anything yeah. is lost pet posters. Oh, yeah. Which there are a lot of in, like... Toronto residential neighborhoods. Yes. And I was walking down the side street here in Parkdale and saw one and I was immediately got sad. I was like, mm. I always check the names because yeah. I'm a glutton for punishment. I was like, Oh, Georgie. <laughs> and then I look, but they scratched out lost and wrote found. And then somebody wrote congrats. It's <laughs> so nice. <laughs> they found their cat. And I was like, Oh, that's the best. And I thought of that. So I was like, you know, let's not think about the horrible, horrible inevitability of death. Um, from Caitlin's story. <laughs> So but then sorry. that also reminded me of one time <laughs> this like sadness from lost pet posters really stems from my ex-girlfriend right because she would always like that's the thing that always like set her off and made her really sad and we when we first moved to toronto we lived in like a bougie neighborhood did you ever go to that house did you see that house no were we friends then i don't know so up, by saint, up by saint Clair station no no yeah i think i think i think we became friends while i was living there but we didn't you didn't come around. We didn't hang out until I was living in the East End. There was one for like a black cat that she saw. Basically, long story short, like we were walking along and she found a cat that she thought she saw from a lost poster and yeah. like cooed the cat over to her and like picked it up and then walked around the neighborhood and tried to find like one of the posters, but like we couldn't find one. And then like blocks away, the cat like just kind of freaked out and jumped out of her hands and ran away. I was like, you just stole somebody's cat. <laughs> Like you do not know if that was even the lost cat to begin with. That's so sad. <laughs> you just stole somebody's cat. Like, well, they let it out. She didn't really steal it. She was trying to do a good thing. <laughs> like we didn't piece it together until like hours later, and I was just like, I was like, baby, you don't even know if that was the cat. Like you just stole somebody's cat in our neighborhood. Like, oh, anyway, good times. Other fun things that aren't. Death. Um, as we said, it's birthday week. Book your meal appointments now. <laughs> he has an open calendar. He's ready to take your calls. <laughs> <laughs> the lines are open. Brunches or dinners. Uh, went to Doomies last night. What is Doomies? Doomies is a vegan restaurant in Parkdale. Okay. You're like, Jordan, why the hell are you going for vegan food? Yeah. Nah, son. It's vegan junk food. It's Ooh. like, eat vegan, stay a fucking fat ass. <laughs> uh. Um. <laughs> Pasta's vegan, y'all. Like it'll, yeah. it'll work itself out. Um, and they have. Uh, I'd been there once before, but hadn't had, just for, went for like nachos. I didn't have like an actual like meal meal. Um, and they have something that's like off the menu. It's a vegan Big Mac. <gasps> they call it the Big D. Oh, I heartily recommend the Big D. I, 
I want everyone should have a big D. I want the D in me. Okay. <laughs> See, I thought it was going to be awkward. I was really thinking in my head that when I started doing that bit, Caitlin was going to be awkward. And I'd be like, Caitlin, you should have a big D if Caitlin's already on board. <laughs> I'm already on board. <laughs> Caitlin's like, I want the D. Put the D, put the D in her as soon as possible. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yay. Oh, she was just so eager to make She stepped on my joke. She was so eager to make it herself. I'm God, so sorry. God bless her heart. Uh. Um, also, you can uh, you can upgrade your fries. They have many fry options. Yep. You know, they're all fun fries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can FF your big D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like this place so much already. <laughs> and uh, my companion and I both got garlic fries. <gasps> oh, my God. I'm still repeating garlic today. <laughs> it's so gross, but so worth it. <laughs> she's like, she's like, well, you know, you should be living it up. You know, it's, it's birthday week. Yep. You you gonna you want dessert? Like I feel like I will die if I get dessert. <laughs> this thing was fucking. The burger was so big. It's like you know sometimes you get these burgers and they look big, but you can only kind of squish them and get like yeah. every layer into your mouth on a bite. Nah, we were knife and fork it by the end of it. Like it came Ooh. it came to that. <laughs> wow. Like, Yo. Um, but I still got the cookie pie. There's a cookie pie. It's like they basically bake a cookie in a skillet. I'm sorry. I can eat this. What? They put ice cream on it. No, you can, you but can it's, ask, vegan. Oh, it's vegan ice cream. Yeah, you can. Oh my gosh. Oh wow, we gotta take Kate to Doomies. Oh my gosh. I'm freaking out right <laughs> now, guys. It's vegan. You could get the you could get the big D put in you. Oh my god, we're gonna put a big D in Caitlin. I'm as gonna have a big D in me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're children. Next week. <laughs> Next time I'm back. Once I get back from, from back home, uh, I'm gonna be looking at the uh looking um, at the open time, see if we can get a big D for lunch put in Caitlin. Yeah. So shouts to Doomies. Yeah. Um they have a selfie room as well. That's kind of fun. They basically organize their bathroom to have like a big like standing area. Yeah. And they've put like uh, propaganda cartoons on <laughs> about veganism <laughs> fun. Um, all over the walls. And there's like a giant mirror, so yeah, you can take selfies in it. It's very well lit. Um yeah, but I just ooh, that that itis. <laughs> We're double banking today, friends, because I'm out of town and I came back last night. Thinking, all right, got to watch the thing I'm doing for next week. Sat in that chair like, big D. Uh, Big D, you were too big for me. I'm so sore. I just need to watch YouTube videos for three hours. That's the way the world works now. That is the way the world works now. Well, We don't have any news. Well, I mean, let's not end on sadness today. Yeah, but hey, I've got tons of updates and stuff. We we would be remiss if we did not mention in a story that has come up many times on the show because we loved it so much that Grape Kun, the Humboldt penguin at the Tobu Zoo in Japan that fell in love with a standee <laughs> of Hululu from Kimono Friends <laughs> passed away this week. It's so sad. They had noticed a the zoo staff had noticed a change in his behavior, um, so they moved him to facilities and brought the standee. <laughs> Don't worry, he wasn't alone. He was with her. He was with her when he went. Um, apparently he was 20, which is like 80 in Penguin years. So Oof. it's not like he was young. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was. He had lived a full life. He mistook a, a standing cartoon character for another penguin. <laughs> for he some, was old. Something. We don't know what he thought, what was going on there. I'm sure there are like scholarly papers that will be written, <laughs> biological journals that will be written about Grape Kun's infatuation with a Hululu standee. 
but because Japan and because of weebs, like the fan art, I cannot deal it's beautiful. with the fan art. The even the like character designer of like so obviously like a memorial yes <laughs> has been left. Um, it's makeshift right now. It's just like a table. I couldn't even deal with like somebody posted a picture of like the classic shot. Like the one shot that made the rounds initially, which yeah. is like him looking up at the standee on this like very signature rock in the penguin enclosure. Yeah. And then next to it, just like empty, like the rock, but the standee's gone. Uh, no, no grape. I'm like, <laughs> um, yeah, so they've like made a memorial and the character designer of Kimono Friends even drew um, like her with yeah. him. They're just kind of like jogging along and she's got, he was called Grape Coon because he wore like a purple armband, which was on display at the memorial. Oh my God. <laughs> and... He drew a uh, purple armband on Hululu as well. Uh. They were like running off. Um, just the fan art of like her hugging him. I didn't even watch the show. You remember Kimono Friends is garbage. I'm never <laughs> it's gonna, a garbage. I'm not going to watch this show. I don't really know who the fuck hey, Hul- Hululu is. The write up from the zoo was well done. Like, I was like, oh man. <laughs> right up. Getting verklempt. Thank you, Hululu, for being with them till the end. <laughs> yes. like, it's a fictional character, zoo staff. Like, Japan, why are you so extra? <laughs> But, man, one of us, not one of Kate, but definitely one of us, 3D love disappointed him, but (laughs) 2D love was always there for him. (laughs) Thank Uh, you for embodying the best and worst of of our lifestyle, (laughs) you fucking wee penguin. Rest in peace, God. Thank you for the joy you brought us. Oh, Hey, he died. He died knowing love again. Yes. We should all be so lucky. Yes. Somber. Kate, there's tons of trailers. Tons of trailers. This what ha- what haven't I watched? Rundown. What haven't I watched? Um, you haven't apparently seen the new Mutants trailer. I have not. It is actually absolutely terrifying. I am terrified. Yeah, they're going like... Horror. Horror, right? Yeah. I sure did not know that when I started the trailer. Are you sure it's not just Warlock in a closet? He was terrifying. <laughs> no. It is terrifying and... Um, very scary and looks very like psychological. Oh, what's that one? Leonardo DiCaprio. Shutter Island. Yeah. It looks very Shutter Island-esque. I didn't <laughs> see the movie, but just by the trailers. <laughs> um, Last Jedi. Spoiler. Yeah. He was a patient on Shutter Island. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know that. He was a patient, Kate. Why did you spoil it for everyone? Shouldn't you have warned them first? Nope. I don't care. <laughs> it's all that movie. Fuck it. You haven't seen Shutter Island yet? Come on. <laughs> Uh, New Mutants, they're all patients. Fifth Element's love. Fifth Element is love. Um, Last Jedi. Oh my god, I'm so excited! Jordan doesn't care about Star Wars. I am so excited, it doesn't matter. Jordan Jordan doesn't doesn't care care because Caitlin does. I'm just going to yell louder than you will. Happy or happy, nerds. It looks very good. Um, To me, I know lots of people probably hated it. Uh, I don't care. Um, No, I just saw people shit talking porgs, but that was... There's always a weird, cute thing. It's like a Star Wars tradition. You gotta sell plushies, people. Like, yeah, these God. Movies, these movies are not here to entertain you. They are here to sell merchandise. They're not here to entertain you and make you go, "Oh, it's so cute," nah. and also to sell plushies. They're here to function as movies, so you want to go out and buy a plushie. That's. I'm not gonna buy a plushie. I don't buy things. We know this. Someone will buy you a plushie. I don't want a plushie. <laughs> Take your plushie away. I don't need it. Someone buy Caitlin a pork plushie. Uh, I don't want it. Um, Stranger Things trailer. Right, the last one. That, that's dropping in like too many trailers for Stranger Things. They really should have. I thought they just had like a. They've had like three. Oh, I thought they just had like a, a teaser and then the trailer. No, they've oh. had like three trailers. 
Well, this one had much more footage. It's the one um, confirming that Eleven's actually there. The rest of them had like teased it. But. Yeah. And it looks good. Um, Pacific Rim 2 Uprising or Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah. Surprise, that's the thing. We need to talk about Boyega's mustache. <laughs> what <laughs> is going on? Boyega stash. Boyega? No. Come on. No. Let him get his Billy D on. Have you seen that mustache? Let him get his Billy D on. No. I did watch it because Pacific Rim validates my other philosophy. Which is? Death will come from the oceans. <laughs> it will. I agree. Also, no. <laughs> to the mustache? To the mustache. Do you, Boyega? No. Live your best life. <laughs> no. Do, um, do all the Star Wars press with the mustache. Oh, no. Please, no. <laughs> um, and that's that's Trailers. There was one you just made me watch before we came here. Which, oh, well, I was talked about that one last week. Did we talk about the trailer? Or just yeah. A, oh. Runaways looks dope, yo. It looks it looks like a, a CW show. Right. Yes, we did We did talk about it last week. Listen, yeah. I'm old. You know, I can't remember <laughs> what the fuck happened from one week to the next. Well. I know people are excited for it. I know that they've aged up uh, at least one character, and they've made one character not as tubby. <laughs> we need to have tubby characters. We do need to have tubby it's characters. It's important. Um, so um, eh, we'll see how it goes. Listen, I thought I saw it. The dinosaur better fucking be there. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm saying. They're a combo. They're a team, Caitlin. They're a team. It's arsenic and old lace. We can just have arsenic. It's That's ter- stupid. It's a terrible name. It's stupid. It's terrible name. Old lace? It's just a dinosaur. It's just a dinosaur. They have to be both. Well, is it time for updates? Updates. Continuing saga of Jordan's fall anime perusals. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And as I'm just, a, just as I'm going through my, my Twitter um, to find me talking about anime, I see where I mentioned something that I don't even know if we need to talk about. But like Rick and Morty fans, get your shit together. Yeah, seriously, guys. Get your shit I together. mean, I'm a Rick and Morty fan. You mean the other ones, right? Yeah. And listen, I know like as an anime fan, I sympathize when like the worst parts of your fan community are what everyone associates the show you like with. Funny note. Hmm. And um, I know I'm super generalizing here. Do it. Let's get general. But uh, usually, it's men. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anyone would deny that. But not always white men. Not always, but often. The dude throwing a tantrum on the counter of McDonald's in that video that made the rounds definitely looked a little... Asian and Jace. I don't know. I got poor resolution. I can't quite tell, but... I didn't watch it. Lub-a-dub-a-dub-dub indeed, motherfuckers. Get your shit together. You're the worst. Listen, Carmela's making 11 bucks an hour at McDonald's trying to keep her kids in an after-school program. She does not get paid enough. That makes me really sad. Uh, she does not get paid enough for your dumb ass to come rolling in. No. Fucking up her day just because, what, you're not even going to eat it? You don't even like it? You want to be part of some cultural movement that doesn't even exist? And Harmon, like, on one hand, I feel bad for Harmon because it just seems like he just made this thing that a lot of sane people like and yeah. find good in. But then you have a subculture of that fandom who, like, wants to harass f- the female writers who have been added or, like, yep. you know, bitch when the, what's her name, Beth, when she gets an episode yeah. based around her story. They want to bitch about that. And they want to throw tantrums at McDonald's for some goddamn sauce. Like, this is, like... Yeah, I make I make fun of the Thrawn thing. Yeah. Like it's like I feel like Thrawn is the character beloved by I feel like the same people who love Rick love Thrawn. Right. It's like the super nerdy guy who understands everything at such a higher level. 
because I understand everything at a higher level. Finally, these characters get me, and these plebes out there right. will never understand these characters like I do. Shut the fuck up. No one, no one likes you. You know who's doing better than you? The kids. The kids are at least trying to do something. They're failing, and it's crap, and they shouldn't be self-labeling themselves, but even they're doing it better than you. That's, that is, ooh, that is a low <laughs> blow. <laughs> Takes be flying. <laughs> I'm telling you to aspire to a level of the kids. Ooh, ouch. Get your shit together, Rick and Morty fans. Um, Hamoto Umaro-chan, R. Yeah. Second season of Hamoto Umaro-chan. Remember okay. that about the, the A student everyone loves at school, but is actually a little super deformed trash bag when she yeah. comes, when she comes home. Yeah. Eh, happy to have her back. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to watch it week to week, but the first episode. Something epi- happened. First that, episode. That might be exciting. Nothing happened. They they played soccer and she stayed up too late. Right. And then she had to go to a community gardening thing. Also, don't do the fan service on Abina. She's a high school student. Yeah. You don't have to do the pan up oh, from behind while she's on all fours pulling weeds. Wow. It's just one moment, but I'm tr- I'm retrained now, so I always notice this shit. Good. Um. I am deferring to anime feminists on this. They tell me. Right. It looks real bad. But just stick with it. And I'm even going to, quote, spoil what they said. Okay. Because if you're watching it and you have the same issues as I did. Right. You may, may help you as well. So I watched the first episode of Ancient Magus Bride. Okay. As I told you, concern from the OVAs that we had was this mention of just like, uh, she sold, she's been sold to slavery. Slavery is a thing. As someone's wife. And Deerface, Deerface bought her. She sold herself into slavery. Yeah. She was like, the world is stupid. I just want to go somewhere where someone will want me around at least. This is the only way to do that. How'd she end up there? I don't know. Maybe we'll find that out. Still calls her the wife. Calls her puppy a lot. <laughs> calls her my puppy and like... Initially, has you know the chain collar on her, that type of thing. Oh, real bad. Really made me feel icky about the whole thing. Made me go like, why are we? Why? Why are you people all like, yeah, so about this show? The anime feminist review. I don't remember who it was written by. I'll link to it on the show notes if y'all care. Mentioned that part of the thing with the ancient Magus Bride is, oh, what the fuck is his name? Elias. Deerface. Yeah. Deerface doesn't understand the human world. So he uses these words not knowing what they mean. Right. Like he calls it, he doesn't consider wife. He just considers wife like someone who lives at your house. Right. The woman who lives at your house, that's your wife. It doesn't necessarily have like a sexual romantic thing tied to it. Right. He's just using the word wrong. Y'all better ramp up that reveal <laughs> yeah. very soon because it is uncomf to watch. And what do we do on this show, y'all? We keep the comf. We keep it comf. I don't want no uncomf coming in my anime. So that's Ancient Magus Bride. It's cool. It's like not my go-to. Like I have to watch it. But if yeah. I remember, it's around. Um, God, there's so much anime. Land of the Lustrous. Ooh, that show, sounds nice. Which is a show about... Um, is it about hair? <laughs> close. The manga on the back is like perfect for fans of Steven Universe. Because it's about genderless, non-gendered beings right. who are gems um fighting these creatures who are called like lunars or something i think they basically want to kill them and make them make jewelry out of them type of thing okay and there's only like 28 of them left or something and they each have a very distinct role right some are warriors some are this some are healers some are this some are that our pov character is i don't remember her name it's phosphor something (laughs) phos she has a very weak durability right three 
Ooh. So she breaks all the time. And they are breaking all the time, which is one of the interesting things. Yeah. Like people just like missing legs and shit. And they kind of like, go grab your leg and get back here. I'll <laughs> patch you up. Um, and she gets tasked with writing the encyclopedia of their world. She does not like this idea at all. She thinks it's boring. She wants to be a fighter. And it's like, if a stiff wind hits you, you will crack in half. It is not, this is not, you don't, you don't have the range. No. And she ends up kind of meeting, um, she's told that there's another, um, I don't even know if they're called gems or what they're called. I'm sorry. I'm using gender pronouns. My bad. Foss is old habits diehard. I'm going to be 40. What do you want from me? Foss hears of a, another gem who like, only wanders the coast at night. Their name is Cinnabar. And Foss goes out to like meet her and Foss or Cinnabar has this like, it's it's hard y'all. It's hard. I keep slipping in. I apologize. They're going to come for me. Foss goes out to see Cinnabar and they use like poison. Right. And they always have like this, like the, the issue is I'm mentioning the poison because it looks like first season reboot. That's my problem with it. It looks it, like Kimono Friends. I'm sorry. Did you just say it looks like first season reboot? Yeah. Where, like, you're kind of using some CG, but it doesn't uh, quite work. Right? Like, at one scene, Cinnabar and Foss get attacked by one of these lunars, which kind of look like Hindu gods, kind of. Okay. They kind of have that vibe. And Cinnabar, like, throws, like, a sheet of her poison, her their poison, over this um this lunar... And it just has that, like, it looks like when Odo went to the, like, <laughs> founders, right? Yeah. Like, just like this, like, blob that reaches out over it. Right. And it, it looks real bad. Oh. So, I mean, it's doing some interesting things, but it's got that, like, Kimono Friends animation quality where it's like... Thanks for breaching the gap, by the way. Putting that Star Trek reference in there so I knew what you were talking yeah. about. <laughs> well, you knew what you knew from Reboot as well. Yeah, but... Um, it's Ancient Magus Bride. Who are... Moto Amaro-chan. Food Wars update yeah. learned an awful lot about how we process spiciness. That's really cool. Doesn't really register on our tongue on any of the like five areas. You know, it's not salty, it's not sweet, it's not it's like a it's not umami, it's like a fifth. You know, you know that's not a thing, right? What? Like the areas of your tongue. Sure, whatever. Okay. And the way spice, you know, peppers and hotness and like, you know, sriracha or something, it's yeah. like the pain, it registers on your pain sensors. Which releases endorphins in your brain, and that's why it's enjoyable. That's why some people find enjoyment from. Very interesting, very informative. And then there were boobs. Of course there were, because it's food <laughs> wars. It's food wars, and what do you want? And it's gross and trashy. Save the last one. Quick update. Deuce still dope. Riverdale back. Yep. Not quite as trashy as I would have liked. Riverdale. Oh. Didn't get real trashy until Cheryl Blossom showed up. Oh. Cheryl Blossom always bring the crazy. She's she's trashy. Oh, she trashy. She brings the trash. She set her house on fire at the end of last season. Ooh. Um, and like. Just for fun? S and G's. Um, no, because it was her dad who killed her brother and it's like everything's crazy and they're like inbred with the Coopers. And Oh, man. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I feel like we went over this, Caitlin. I don't think I let you. I think you trying to talk to me about it. I was like, no. It's like, yeah, Riverdale. Cool. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like Cheryl Blossom comes in with her like bandaged breathing tube mom and it's like the moment Cheryl Blossom like pinched her breathing tube to like threaten her I was like yes Cheryl Blossom bring the crazy I don't care about Archie's dad teetering on the edge of death eh. give me the crazy um, but the one we got to talk about I showed the first five minutes of the episode to Kate just to gauge like is this as good as I think it is y'all 
Blood Blockade Battlefront. It is. Fuck me. I liked it in the first season. Watching that episode, like I as I said on Twitter, I expected good. I didn't expect great. Yeah. Like I was howling. I was having so <laughs> much fun with this. The look, the style, the aesthetic, just <laughs> everything about what they were doing in that episode was just like I know some people have said they've like changed directors or something, so they don't think they thought the first episode of the second season was kind of paint by numbers, but it's like y'all are sleeping on Blood Blockade Battlefront. It's not Is this the new recreators? It might be. Listen. No, it is. It's that show that like isn't doing what the rest of these fucking shows are doing. I don't care about, you know, I don't want a show set in a fucking high school. I don't want a shonen about somebody being the best. Listen, and I've heard about Black Clover. Kyan was talking to me about Black Clover the other day. Like he was trying to goad me in to watch it. You yeah. know what Black Clover is? It's basically like Naruto starring Bakugo. Oh, gosh. Fucking right. That sounds awful. <laughs> yes, it does. So we will never be watching that. I think it made Amelia's skin crawl as well. Like Black, Black Clover is not making a lot of friends out there. Oh. Um, now I know what they call by the Japanese name. It's just easier to say. Uh. Kekai Sensen is just doing nothing. Nothing is doing what Kekai, Kekai Sensen is doing. It's just an unbelievable thing it's i mean we'll talk about it more in depth because surprise we got a halloween episode coming up and it's kind of spooky so kate's gonna get that it's yeah we do it's basically about like monsters in manhattan so it doesn't look like a lot of other anime it doesn't feel like a lot of other anime and just i'm just so impressed with what they're doing it's low-key i haven't seen everything that's out there yet i haven't seen kino's journey i've heard there's a couple other shows something called it's colloquially known as show bitch oh yeah but apparently some people I respect are liking it. So I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen everything from this season, but definitely front runner at the moment is Kekai Sensen. I was just floored. Um, it, it looked amazing. So that's why I was like, yes, please give this to me because I'm very excited about it. Um, what you've been checking, Kate? Um, so first, talking about anime, what? Caitlin finished Made in Abyss. Right. And Caitlin sent a flurry of texts to Jordan. Because after, you know, once it's talked about on the show, the uh, save it for the pod rules no longer apply. So my phone blew the fuck up. <laughs> uh, I was just like, oh, my God. What? What? Uh, so as talked about on what I believe is our most downloaded episode ever. Right. Made in Abyss was a show that's on Amazon, I believe. Uh, it was an anime from the summer. 12 episodes. But a girl named Rico and a robot boy named Reg who uh, live in a town on the border, on the edge of this hole or abyss. Yes. That's very deep and nobody's ever been to the bottom of it. But Rico wants to go to the bottom to try and find her mother. And they get about a third of the way there yes. in this season. And then what starts as a cute, like, Miyazaki-esque kind of whimsical adventure grows more sinister and goes takes a sharp turn into body horror about two-thirds through. Wow! <laughs> like, that was a sharp turn. Blood comes out of every hole. <laughs> Literally. And they show all of it. And it, oh, it is. Wow. There's, as mentioned on previous episodes, I got tweets from a listener just yelling at me about, <laughs> what the fuck just happened on Made in Abyss? And it's the whole thing with the abyss is like the strain of coming up from it is apparently like wreaks havoc on the body. And while fleeing a monster... Rico and Reg have to go up a level or half a level very quickly. And apparently at that point, yes, blood comes out of everything every hemorrhages. Hole. Like, 
and she's like got this poison and her arms like done this weird swelling she got a fucking hellboy fist like oh it was just and then they get further into like oh no 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 talk about the moment where they try to go straight 27 hours on it <laughs> I, where Rico's like, you got to cut my fucking arm off. Oh, yeah. And she's just like, you're going to have to break it and, and then cut it. Breaks her arm and she's screaming. And Oh, my. Oh, geez. And then and then they like go like really dark and it goes like the golden compass. But the end of the golden compass and like really messed up where these children are being basically tortured and turn into these weird blob flesh creatures that are like what happens if you fully succumb to the curse of the abyss oh, is you lose God. your humanity and you see that happen to a child it is and it's real rough and then they put one of them down oh jeez it's it's real it got real on made in abyss it got horrifying and terrifying and i'm still shaken like i i think i had bad nightmares the last two nights and i think that's why because of what i saw was not i knew it was gonna get dark did not understand it was gonna get that dark but now having seen all of it what do we feel Uh, it's great if you if you like body horror you knew it was gonna go that direction a little bit yeah well you had warned me if you had not, if I hadn't said shit to you, oh, I would have been like, like what the hell, Jordan? I would have been so angry at you. Um, so I was kind of like preparing for it, but it just came on with the hits and I was not <laughs> expecting so much. And yeah. And the criticisms that it seems to revel a little too much in the character's nudity. It's just, it's not... It's. I don't think so, but what is weird is they place it at weird times. Mm-hmm. There's like, she's go like her. She's almost dying, right? And then he's like, blushing because the other character is like cleaning her up. Like it's it's weird, mm. in in which which places it goes, and it like there's a, a couple moments where he's. Like, he obviously has a boner, and she mentions it. Yeah. And... That was a weird moment. Again, weird. It doesn't... It shouldn't be in there at all. Like, that's how I feel. It doesn't need to be your humor. No, because it's not, like... You're so horrified. It's gonna gonna take more than a dick joke to uh, lighten the mood (laughs) from what I've just watched. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, brutal. And then they're like, teehee, boners. And she's like, Reg, let me see it. And you're like, what the hell is going on? What's going on with your thing, Reg? Oh, y'all are children. This is weird. Yeah. Um, and that that's, yeah. And there, you can, there are times and places for talking about, like, because they are preteens going to become teens. Like, they're just on that cusp. Mm. That is a show. That is a topic that you can make. People have made movies about that and about, like, um, puberty and romance and, you know, that kind of stuff. But that's, like, a completely different show. That is not (laughs) this show. So it doesn't need to be there. Yeah. It's messed up. What what are you... Amended kick punch. What did I give it? Did I give it a nine? I think we both gave it a nine, yeah. Uh... Just because I'm not into body horror, and it was really hard to watch. It's like a eight. All right. Well, it's still... Uh, only dropped at one. It's Listen, still not, a beautiful show. We're not saying you should not watch the show. But like, be forewarned, this is not the fun, happy... Unless you want to stop at, like, episode nine, is it? And then you're like... 
and, and they went on to live happily ever after. And they were fine. Yeah. Um, um but the last three episodes, it's, it's, it takes it to a completely crazy dark place. Yeah. So be careful. <laughs> Don't watch it on Halloween by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Um, oh yeah, tons of stuff. Tons of shit. Uh, still watching busy. the Orville. How's that? Uh, stand still by your fantastic. hot take. Still standing by your hot take yep. from last week. Star Trek continues to get worse. Mm, that's um, unfortunate. Yeah, so I'm still gonna watch it. I'm still gonna hold out, and I'm pretty sure they're setting up Section Thirty One, um, which I don't know what. That okay, is. so Section Thirty One, I think only appear uh, appears in. DS9 the most may appear in a couple of other things. They're basically the the um, secret service um, for the Federation. Okay, that no one should is supposed to know about, mm-hmm. and they may be setting this up. The Section Thirty One does things that is in opposition to what the Federation stands for. Black Ops. Very much so. A lot of questionable... Fuck the Prime Directive. Yeah, a lot of... Well, not even just the Prime Directive, but a lot of other things that you're like, this is really morally black. <laughs> like, not even gray. This is black. Um, you are murdering people. Yeah, basically. And, like, like willing to wipe out entire species to of, like, humanoid people mm. to get where they want to go or what they need or to and the war or whatever. So they're willing to go to this place, which is a lot of what Star Trek discovery is doing right now is how willing are you to get to, to basically cross that line mm. to win the war. Um, so yeah, there are some things that are cool, um, but really nah, and none of the characters except main character, Michael still great. But everyone else is a little... Uh, You're great. I wish you were on a better show. Yeah. I And Orville is amazing and still a better Star Trek than Star Trek <laughs> is. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I watched the BFG, which is an okay. old movie now. It was okay. Like was, the live action? Yeah. I, I was really impressed with the the look of the film. Like you can tell that cinematography has just come (laughs) crazy leaps and bounds. It was definitely a fun kids movie. Um, and it was very magical. So that was nice. Um, and I went to go see Blade Runner. How was that? Blade Runner was very white. (laughs) It was so white. It was so white. I couldn't enjoy the rest of the movie. Soup's white. Yeah. Way too white. Like so white that it was distracting. (laughs) That's, that's a huge white woman. Um, what's funny is I listen to uh, Slate will do uh, spoiler specials where they yeah. just like burr, go all into it almost more than we do. Right. Um, and they did a Blade Runner one. And I'm like, listen, I never saw the first Blade Runner. Um, probably as, to Caitlin's horror, as we know, I've never even read a word of Philip K. Dick. And I'm definitely probably not going to see the second Blade Runner. So sure, I'll listen to this just yeah. to know what people are talking about. And... And as they're, the weird thing is as they're describing like, so where's the world at now type of thing in the, you know, 30 years since the time of the first one. Yeah. And it's like, oh, apparently there was some like blackout. There's been like some kind of like nuclear, there's some kind of like EMP went off and there was like a, like a Holocaust, nuclear Holocaust type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, I even know what that's about because that's what the anime short, by the, <laughs> the anime short by the Bebop director. I watched that. Right. And it was cool in spots. 
and it was basically about that, about the EMP getting set off by a couple of uh, rogue replicants. So I just think it's funny that, like, <laughs> at three hours long, they still didn't have enough time to get in all the, like, information they feel they needed to tell you this story. Yeah. Uh, Gosling's well, uh, Gosling's a replicant, y'all. Um. Well, no, that's that's you know that. Yeah. It's not like <laughs> within the first five no. minutes, it's pretty established. Yeah. Um. And Gosling's a replicant who can fuck y'all. I don't know. They mentioned the blackout. They did a good job of it, and then they moved on. They didn't have to go into it at all. Mm. Um. It was like an an offhanded comment, kind of, and it, it was done really well. Like the movie itself was great. The imagery was really problematic. I think I saw some, yeah, I saw some hot take think piece on Twitter somewhere. It was like more with like cyberpunk as a genre right. than Blade Runner specifically, even though Blade Runner is one of the ground zero moments of cyberpunk. Oh yeah. It's like, why is why do, why does cyberpunk always look like Asian cities filled with white people? Yeah. And without a, like Asian characters or without characters of color. Nope. Um, they are just background dressing. Fun fact, the protagonist of the anime short, a black dude, a black replicant. Amazing. Because so there's so little color that everywhere That 20-minute short had better representation than it, the actual movie. It was so distracting. And, like, the way they use women's bodies was really messed up. Yeah. She's giant, though, Caitlin. It doesn't matter. She's giant. All they, women's bodies. It just they was... shrunk her down and a dude stepped on her weird it was weird that's a pass on blade runner well no from katie mac no it's not a pass i want you to watch it i want everyone to watch it <laughs> everybody to suffer like you did but i mean it's three hours long yo it was good like it was beautiful movie and it was fun and i liked watching it i just kept on going really another white person <laughs> Is it because all of the cool people went off world and they left all the like lame racist whiteies like the trash behind the basket of deplorable stays on earth? Yeah, um, that's how you get a future that looks so white. Yeah, which is unfortunate. But anyways, yeah. All right, is that it? That's it. All right, that's all our updates. We're not having much news. We still went for an hour. Hey, what's up? Yeah, look, we did it. Well, then we're gonna take a break right here. Stretch our legs. Get a beverage, hot or cool. Could go either way. I have some miso soup on me. Oh, shit. We have to set that up for Miss Caitlin. And when we come back, Geek Down Book Club. Woo! We said we were going to do it like maybe once a month. It did not happen. No. Who's got time to read stuff? <laughs> it's too much TV, y'all. Anyway, Geek Down Book Club. Back in effect. And we'll get to that when we return from this break. back everyone <laughs> jordan's going crazy and caitlin hasn't had her miso soup yet still got another episode to record y'all is this actually <laughs> is this actually are we actually back right now yeah we're oh, back all right yeah um so this is the part of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other mm-hmm. um this week one thing is probably just all fine and wonderful and the other thing is is complex not because of it itself but because of the things that have surrounded it mm. but before we get into it we're going to talk about our rules. Yep. We've got three of them. Yes, we do. The first one being the rule of three. The rule of three. If it works in installments in any form, 
issues, episodes. Chapters. Yep. Say it. Oh, epicycles? Mm-hmm. Anything like that, any sort of serialized installment system, check out three. Yeah. At least. At least. Give the thing the the chance to become what it is trying to become. Just let it find its foot in y'all. Yeah. Just give it a chance. Can't demand perfection immediately. No. I mean, some things we know are perfect and amazing, but some things are not. Some things are not. No. Um, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod, which is the rule that Jordan and I will not talk about the things we brought each other until we are sitting in front of these microphones. No, we will not. Even though we have, may have all kinds of feelings about the things we are reading or watching or looking at, um, we won't do it. Because you know what's more important than our... Our friendship? <laughs> <laughs> more important than our friendship, or I was going to say premature gratification, but that sounded weird. <laughs> gratifying ourselves taking care of our needs you know what's more important than that what ensuring that you the listeners get the freshest pillowiest warmest nay not warm hottest yep takes uh, i need to say that you have now spread this to my friends excellent and they'll be ask me about things and be like oh you can't tell me because you need to give us the freshest of takes the freshest of takes <laughs> like, you, you deserve awesome. the best listeners and that's what yeah. we bring to you Every goddamn week. Well, we try our best. Um, and finally, the last rule, which is not really a rule. It's more of a policy. There will be spoilers. Yep. Super spoilery. This podcast. All the spoilers. We don't even care. <laughs> tell you everything. <laughs> um, the things we were talking about this week. Um, Meh. Nah, yeah. They don't. But, you know, if you're the type of person who doesn't really know anything about those things, uh, you should take off. Hit the road, Jack. Yeah. Can Grab I? some cheese, which I can't have she for some reason. Eat. You know what she can't eat, though? <sighs> the big D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are children. We are children. What's worse, the fact that I made that joke or you knew I was making that joke and jumped right in? Um, Worse or better? <laughs> <laughs> better. Better. Okay, the first thing, well, we like to alternate. Um, And the first thing, I believe, is mine this week. To give you or is it you to give no, me? No, it is not. This is the thing I brought you. Oh, okay, great. So we talked about the weird, rapey space cartoon <laughs> right. last last week. Right. Yep. So Remember today we are going to talk about Geek Down Book Club. It's rare that I give Kate a book. Yes. Like a bookie book. But I would like him to do it more because I like books. Oh, all right. And then that gives me, it like forces me to have to start reading because what happens is I start reading a book and I lose time. <laughs> I feel like I, I reserve books until I feel like they're already in your quote unquote wheelhouse. Right. Like. I don't know that I would give you like a Murakami novel. Maybe I should, but right. um, it's only on the rare occasion where I encounter something, perhaps something best described as genre, right. that resonates with me because it doesn't generally, I tend to find a lot of genre sci-fi fiction does a lot of like, look at me, so smart. Oh, okay. Look at this idea or concept that I have a firm grasp on and watch me lay it out to you listeners listeners readers whatever the hell you're doing audiobooks count um like i ran into that with i was really excited to like read a cory doctorow novel once i'd never read his stuff but i liked okay. his i liked his nonfiction. i liked his um like his commentary on technology and copyright and things like that so right. i grabbed one of his novels on the cheap one day started reading it and i was like <laughs> just stop making me understand that you know these things i did not get that sense from the book i gave caitlin which i read on a whim probably because i had a michael Shabon blurb Shabble blurb on the front Shabble. it was clearly a genre book a yes. sci-fi a fantasy book a melding of the two actually we'll get to that in a minute and the shabong quote made me say that looks interesting let me check that out and i read it and i was like this isn't terrible 
<laughs> good. <laughs> so I was like, I'll give it to Kate. No, as it's a book I told her about a while ago, I feel like, and just never really had. And I did not remember my, anything about to it. To my amazement, she had not read it because I just work under the assumption that Caitlin is like my, like my mother and just devours everything. Like it'd be impossible for me to buy a book for my mom. No. She's already read it. I, last Christmas, I tried to go off the beaten path. Yeah. Because my mother, by her own admission, reads trash. Right. Like it's what she likes. My mother's a voracious reader. Yeah. Like the actual definition of it. You know, you read that all the time when you read like literary biographies and stuff. And it's like, oh, Flaubert was a voracious reader. Yeah. He just read everything. My mom's like that, but for like Nora Roberts. Like. <laughs> right. People keep on trying to give me Nora Robert, <laughs> Roberts, and I keep on being like, thanks, you know, but you know. not going to read this. <laughs> Harlequin Romances, the Babysitter's Club books of, of <laughs> adult ladies. Um, and yeah, I tried to go like off the beaten path and got her like a quote unquote literary er book. Right. Um, something not quote unquote trash. And I was feeling really good about it. I was like, this is it. Yeah. Like this year I got, do got it. I got books for both my parents kind of off the beaten path. Cause my dad reads a lot too, but my dad reads like same thing. Right. Voracious reader, but for like Clive Cussler. Yeah. Like Tom Clancy and that shit. Um, so like, uh, so I got my dad this like nonfiction book kind of about, um, like Iraq war vets. Right. Type of thing. And so my dad likes a lot of military and military fiction and got my mom this book called, um, Ah, hell, I can't remember what, all the things I haven't told you or something like that. It's by a writer named Celeste Ng. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, writer of color. Yep. About an Asian family in Ohio in like the 70s or something. Yep. Not super thick. Not a a super heavy read, but like, I don't think, maybe she wouldn't, maybe she wouldn't have gotten to it. And she opened that fucking book and went like, oh, I've read it. Oh, (laughs) no. Yeah, of course you have, because you fucking read everything, mom. So I have that under, I have that feeling like if it's genre, I feel like Caitlin's read it. So to my amazement. That is not true. There's lots I haven't read. (laughs) To my amazement, she has not read this. And this book is All the Birds in the Sky by Charlie Jane Anders. It was published in January 2016. Uh, Anders is a trans woman, former co-founder and editor of io9. So, I mean, just in general, thank you. Yeah. This podcast relies on io9 a lot. Oh, yeah. So thanks for making that. Um, the book won the Nebula, the IAFA William A. Crawford Fantasy Award, and the Locus Award for Best Fantasy Novel. It is what we would call speculative fiction. Speculative fiction. It also, yeah, definitely. It's not like that new weird stuff we were talking about the other day. It's not no. quite in that, but no. it's not super... Something we would call hard SF. No. Um, one thing I didn't notice until I was like reading like critics reception at the time is that it's kind of a marriage of a few things, both sci-fi and fantasy, which will be obvious when I mention the plot synopsis, sort of a highbrow, lowbrow genre and literary fiction. And mm-hmm. in a move that I didn't even realize at the time, but it's probably genius, kind of YA and adult. Yes. Um, which I did not even notice really at the time. Anyway. All the Birds Set in the Sky is set in the near future and is about Patricia and Lawrence, a witch and a techno geek. Patricia discovers when she is young that she has magical abilities. She can talk to birds and trees as well, I think, and just kind of commune with nature. Um, but she has no control over it and cannot summon it at will. Lawrence, from a young age, uh, is a gadget builder and built a supercomputer in his bedroom. They both attend the same high school where they kind of, as mutual... As fellow outcasts kind of discover each other and latch on to each other, their time is short as Patricia runs away from her house, probably because of something her awful sister did. Probably. So now remembering her awful sister now. Yeah. <laughs> don't remember. Read this book a while ago. Don't remember much. Suddenly remembering how awful the sister was. 
Um, she flees with the help of a bird and gets encountered, intercepted rather, by a, uh, another witch who like takes her off to this world's version of Hogwarts, basically. Right. And Lawrence is sent to a reform school by his parents, sort of a military academy, which is where it's left off. We pick up 10 years later in the Bay Area, I believe, because mm-hmm. all this stuff always happens in the Bay Area. Of course. Patricia is like a catering waitress or something. She's still doing her magic-y kind of stuff on the low. And Lawrence works for a think tank. They bump into each other at a party. Um, Lawrence's think tank is making a wormhole generator, I believe. This is what Wikipedia tells me. I don't remember right. what he was doing there. <laughs> um, and basically, they try to... Uh, keep in touch and, you know, rekindle their friendship, uh, despite their divergent philosophies. And all of this is happening against the backdrop of a deteriorating world, which is beset by superstorms, earthquakes, and wars that destroy cities and destabilize countries. It is the beginning of the unraveling. This leads to a showdown between science and magic, which jeopardizes Patricia and Lawrence's relationship as they try to reconcile their differences and thwart the unraveling. Yes. Well, well, there's your plot synopsis. Yep. As established, there's very little I remember about this book because I read it a long time ago. <laughs> Not any detriment to the book. Just books kind of go whoop in and out with me a lot. Yeah. I do remember things I liked about it. I remember really liking how the way birds talk. Yep. Seemed, cap- seemed accurate to me. <laughs> it's a credit to to Anders' writing, I think. That's just like you read a bird talking. It's like, yes, I feel like a bird would talk like that. Um. I just really kind of like that it was doing both and wasn't kind of being heavy handed with either. I definitely thought Patricia's story was more intriguing than Lawrence's. But if it had just been Patricia's story, I probably would have been bored. Right. Um, That said, I don't read a lot of this stuff. I might not know what the fuck I'm talking about. (laughs) Kate McKinnon. Yeah. How'd you feel about this? I loved it. Cool. I read only about a third as far as I got because I kept on losing time when I was reading the book. Mm. Like, uh, I continued reading today and missed my stop. (laughs) Oh, that's why you missed your stuff. Yeah. Nice. Just get off at Exhibition Station. Did not happen. I was like, oh, fuck. Got off at Union. Got off at Union. Um, So... It was fantastic. It was so well written. I'm like super impressed. I was worried because at the very beginning, there the, there's the first chapter, Patricia, you get introduced to the fact that all of a sudden she sort of gets this ability to talk to birds. Yes, bird talk is exactly how birds talk. And the cat. <laughs> I think in the too. first moment, the birds just go going, hello, hello, hello. And it's like all just says a solo. Just help me, help me, oh. help me. Um, but... The cat also is very accurate. Um, and then when she meets the, the Parliament of Birds, of all, right, the Parliament one of, of Birds. my, it actually made me laugh out loud. So the, she's taking this bird to the Parliament of Birds who can fix its wing. And he's like, some of them are older than five. <laughs> and it just, she's like, I'm almost seven and a half. Like, it was just such a good scene. It actually made me laugh. Um, and that, for me to read and laugh out loud, that's hard to do. Mm. So, like, props to Anders. Um, and at first I was worried because it did this great thing, and then all of a sudden it ended. And I and then it went moved on to Lawrence. And it said at, you know, at the end of the first chapter that, like, she loses her ability. And I thought it might get really, like, it didn't really happen, right? Like, mm. it was all in her head or I, I just wasn't sure. And then when it, I started to like get more into it, I'm like, Oh no, this is, 
actually going to be a thing, and I was really excited about it. Um, I loved also, there is a very much a Good Omens vibe to this book. Yes, a lot of the, um, in reading some of the critical reception uh, of the book in prepping for this, um, there was definitely a likening to not just Neil Gaiman, but like Diana Wynne-Jones and um, Anders herself even said she was inspired by like the aforementioned Cory Doctorow and Joe Walton and people like that. Um, But Gaiman was called, definitely called out. And I totally agree with that. Uh, It wasn't just the Gaiman aspect of it, but it was very much the Terry Pratchett aspect. the Pratchett side of it? Because Pratchett will do something where he'll, the characters will be talking about something and then all of a sudden there'll be like a boop, like a segue into something else. Or even, um, oh my gosh, uh, probably one of my favorite uh, writers of all time, Um, mm-hmm. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams does it all the time, right? Um, he will have like a footnote or yeah, yeah, yeah. totally a, like a segue, right? They did it really well in the movie, I thought, where they had these little segues about something. Mm. So in this, they're, the two kids are sitting there. They're talking about looking at people's like shoes and socks on the escalator. And then um, they're like taking turns naming what these people actually do, like just a game. And she's like, this guy, this guy's a secret assassin, and he's coming to, like, like his next this. hit. And then they sort of end the scene, and then it goes, in fact, he was a secret <laughs> assassin. And that was just so, it's so, like, kind of British-y, mm. or that kind of fantasy sci-fi. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I really enjoyed that. Anders did an amazing job of making me picture things happening, right? Mm. Um Description without description. Um, the scene, I can see these scenes in my head, right? Um, so that was amazing. That was really well done. You know it's a good novel when you are seeing things in your head played like a movie, right? Or a show. Yeah. Or having these really well thought out rich scenes without like dragging you down with description. Tolkien. <laughs> um, I don't need an entire chapter Just on the forest. Fucking leave the Shire. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> Anyways, um, so yeah, I I loved it so far. Like I said, I'm a third of the way through, and I'm so psyched to keep on going. Um, and yeah. Any, any quibbles? No. Dope. <laughs> no, there's been no quibbles. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, oh, and another thing that really struck a chord, both of the main characters get picked on. Mm. And a lot of people... There's a thing when you were a kid who got picked on a lot, like I was, people pick on you for no reason. Like, it's this... The dumbest shit. No, but it's... It, like, there's no reason. It's just you're hated. That You just have this target on your back and people loathe you and you don't know why. She captured that really well. Um, like, both characters have scenes where for no reason people do horrible things to them or they try and, like make a connection and it totally backfires on them. Um, and, and there's a sort of an emptiness there and a sadness that she captures really well without making the book about that. Mm. Um, so that was really good. I feel like I'm as, as droplets kind of slowly in the IV drip of my memory, Yeah, <laughs> constantly slowing IV drip of my memory filter in. I feel like I was impressed by the, what was the relationship with Lawrence and his dad? Like, I feel like, um, so his dad is basically kind of a workaholic who never, who gets, always gets passed up for promotion. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence at one point, um, it was a really good scene where he is trying to get his dad to take him to this rocket launch. 
and he's like his like he's like dad can't pass up if I say uh son, like dad son time father son time right but the father still manages not to to he like gets out of it saying oh I had this report I have to do and you know life is not always what you want it to be and all kinds of stuff like that I think another thing I also like so you have probably not gotten to the time skip where you see them he will later he, or oh, he has the watch from like the very almost the very beginning is that what you're talking oh, about oh no not oh. right right he's got to watch that let them but like Jump not very far two, like, uh, two seconds forward in time yes yes and i remember that being like <laughs> again i don't need a huge concept i like something yeah. like just like you i like a useless <laughs> yeah thing but like finding a use for it why would you ever need to jump two seconds, seconds ahead in time, time. But no, we're like the Bay Area stuff, like once they're out of school. And oh, no, I haven't quite got there. I feel like it did what I liked about that moment or that aspect of the book. It's like the shit that fucked you up as a kid doesn't necessarily go away. No, like, it's not just because they got out. They both got out. They got to places where like they are better understood in yeah. theory. Like she gets to go to magic school and he gets to go someplace where his like genius is recognized and yeah. valued but it doesn't fix the shit that like no parents do a lot of damage <laughs> that they do love mom and dad <laughs> love you <laughs> um, but yeah well i'm i'm excited yeah that you liked it and that you want to keep reading because like i said i never know figure kayla has much deeper background with this sort of work than i do well though i have to say every time i talk to my friend Ren, who is a writer, and she asks me, "Oh, have you read this?" I never say yes because I've never read it. She ha- she reads like a gazillion books uh, a month, and she always asks me about, "Oh, have you read this one?" And I'm like, "I have no idea what you're talking like, about." No, 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 I haven't. No, no. I've been watching TV. Um, I do feel I thought the, I again I can't put, point to specifics, but I remember when like the overarching like threat to humanity like became a thing. Yeah, I remember thinking she pulled it off but being like eh, it's that tension between like you know the literary and genre side right. of it right i was like i understand for someone who's writing a book that's going to get filed in the sci- sci-fi or fantasy section yeah. of major canadian retailer you have to have a threat to humanity that they solve but i've been cool without it okay <laughs> we, we always talk about how like you know it didn't need a romance right or like you know, the relationship I was just kind of cool with the... I didn't need, like, the giant threat to humanity. I was like, the story of them as characters, like, that could have been enough for me. That might right. have been my only quibble with it. We'll see what you feel next week when you fin- or two weeks when you finish it. Yeah. And see what you think. But uh, currently, about third of the way in... Yeah. What are you giving it? I'm giving it an eight. I want to give it higher, but I'm worried about a couple things. Like what? I'm worried that the two characters are going to fall in love. I I can't say if they do or they don't. I legitimately don't recall. But um, I'm worried that like that's, that's... going to turn into like a relationship. And I don't want it to. I just want them to be friends. Because mm. I don't ever see enough of that. And there's a couple of things, other things I'm worried about. Men though... and women being friends. I know. It's impossible. It just never works. It is impossible. <laughs> um, can't you feel the crackling sexual tension in every episode of this show, people? Well, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, good time. Um, uh, um, so, yeah. No, I, I almost want to give it higher. It, really enjoying it. Like, losing time enjoying it. So, But I've only read a third, so I'm not sure yet. We'll see how it goes along. 
it's easy to write, you know, five chapters. We'll see how <laughs> the rest, no, um, we'll see how it goes. It'd probably be higher once I'm done, but we'll we'll see. So eight for now. We'll put a pin in that for the moment. Boop. Check back later. Yeah. And for now, we will transfer to the thing Caitlin brought me. Yes. So the reason the thing I brought Jordan is so complicated <laughs> is because of a lot of stuff that happened around and through. Not not in the the graphic novel, but maybe, around it. Maybe I should read the first thing in my notes first, and maybe you can tackle this question as you get into the okay preamble. Okay. Uh, so Kate bought me Rat Queens. I, I yeah, I hadn't got to the announcement yet, but yes, I brought you Rat Queens. And the first thing I have in my notes, which I'm sure Caitlin will touch on as she does her preamble, is so bear this in mind going forward because it's a thing I was wondering: what is more important, characters or creators? Does the question even matter? Okay, so it, it's kind of something our almost our whole like society <laughs> slash pop culture's culture has been grappling with it a lot lately. Yes. Um, does the thing itself is it like you said more important than the actions of the creators? And I don't know if I know the answer to that question. That is a big question. Some part of me says no because the legacy of what that thing is Mm -hmm. can be really important. And then a part of me says, Oh, of course it does because everything is tainted by that person's actions. Yes. But we, like we've talked about the people, the people are wondering, get into what you're talking about. Exactly. So rat Queens, um, initially came out September, 2013. Um, it is a graphic novel about a four woman, um, like party in basically a D and D party. <laughs> D&D party yeah. However, they're in the world, not playing D and D. It's Hannah, who is an elf, Violet, who is a dwarf, D, who is a human, and Betty, who is a halfling. Um, the graphic novel uh, has two creators: C- Curtis Weeb, I think that's how you say his name, and Rock Upchurch. Yes. So yeah, it was it was three years ago, December twenty fourteen or November 14, twenty fourteen. Um, Rock Upchurch was arrested on charges of domestic violence, and his wife, who mostly goes by Reese Yu, um, spoke out quite a bit about it, about the domestic violence, um, his abuse in general, and also his um, kind of abandonment of his kids oh. after the fact. Um, he didn't stay in contact with them, um, which was really hard for her. So timeline for me, this happened, this was all revealed after the book was out. Yes. Yeah, so and the, sort of getting lauded and applauded as it's like, yes. And super then, awesome feminist take ladies being awesome. So basically a year had gone by. The book was going out. It was going strong. Everyone loved it. Characters were awesome. Concept was awesome. It was fun. It was great. And then it, he was, yeah. This happened. Mm. Now, more complication because after that, uh, Curtis Weeb was very like, there's no place for like violence to be against women to be associated with our book at all. So Rock gets the boot. Yes. And Weeb has all these big words about none of that. Oh, what? And then. What? I didn't know this After part. that, <laughs> he starts to sort of like put up rock stuff on the like, 
I don't know, their Instagram or whatever. Uh-huh. And um, someone who was working on it, Tess Fowler, felt that she got pushed out to make room for Rock to come back. Oh. Now, that didn't happen. But it was still, especially because he had such, you know, he talked a big game about... You know, no place for this and no place for that. The fact that he was like actively promoting rock, feeling bad because his homie was not. Yes, rock in the loop work. anymore. Yeah. Um. Now they've now right now they they had a couple of different artists. Um. Right now, Owen, uh, Jenny, um, is working on it. I think that's how you say her last name or the last name. That's sort of they where they rested it, and that's they're the writer or the um they're the Creative artist. Team. Now, uh, for the duration. And they took, like, a hiatus and stuff and Mm. have come back, um, came back in 2016. So, yes, there is some complication there. And that's important, I think, um, to keep in mind. But I don't know whether it's the most important thing. I almost mean from – that's definitely part of why I was asking the question. But I almost mean it from another angle of that particular jewel, meaning – so yes, as Caitlin said, this is basically just a story about um, four, four of them, right? Yes, <laughs> four, there of them. Are four of them. The four rat queens who are basically—they're also kind of like mercs. They just kind of yeah, which is what a, a party is, right? Like you are adventurers, and you take depending on what alignment you are, you kind of take whatever job fits. Um, I don't know what alignment they are, but they're. Oh, it's probably like chaotic neutral. Kind of, kind of trash bags. Um, <laughs> They're fully trash bags. Where? What's the town in the first story? Palisade? Pa- Palisade, I think that's... Um, they are notorious throughout Palisade yes. for basically damaging the town and getting drunk and starting bar fights mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Not the sort of, you know, this isn't the elfin maiden mage who hangs at the no. back and just like, and like no. does healing spells and shit like that. They cuss, they do drugs, they fuck, they do all that business. Yeah. Super awesome. Everybody loves that. I guess what I mean is, from my earlier question, is like, do we care that this is written by dudes, is it? Essentially. So I think one of the issues... Because that's honestly one of the reasons why I kind of stayed away from it to this point. Like, I read graphic novels at work and shit. Yeah. And I had heard good things about Rat Queens. But even before, I think, I I didn't know all the details about the Upchurch stuff. But it was just like, oh, Rat Queens, cool. And I picked it up and I was like, it's just all dudes, though. So I didn't give it a chance because of that. So I think one of the reasons, well, I know one of the reasons women, um, or there's a, a push besides just having women be producers and writers and creators because they deserve it and don't often get a chance because, you know, the industry is a sexist pile of garbage on fire, um, <laughs> is because a lot of the times women are portrayed in certain ways that are sexist. Yes. But if you have a good creator and a good writer and a good artist that isn't necessarily the case men can't it's not like they can't write good (laughs) female characters they just often don't just like you can't say women aren't allowed to write male characters that's ridiculous but it's how you portray those characters what storylines you give them how nuanced they are that's what's important so part of it is that so these women can actually like show people their vision of of characters and a world that they've created, um, and so that they have female characters that they can point to and say, "See, that's what we're like. 
we're not all like femme fatales or super sluts or <laughs> like, you know, schoolgirls. You know, there's there's more nuance. And these characters are really nuanced. It's one of the things I liked about them. Um, so, I mean, does it suck that they're all dudes? Yeah, kind of. I was just wondering that, you know, like... Because I wish... I, I, there was probably a woman out there who had this idea long ago and... Oh, no doubt. ...wanted to put it out and wanted to do something with it, and it never happened because the basically all industries are sexist piles of garbage on fire. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Uh, that said, I dug it. Cool. Um, now that you play D and D a little, did I, that's the, one of the reasons I didn't give it to you is because you hadn't ever played, right? Mm. So I feel like there are things that wouldn't have made real sense. Um, Betty is obviously the best character. Oh, of course she is. <laughs> um, did you pack nothing but drugs and candy for <laughs> for lunch? <laughs> I will say, as much as I dug it, this is my thing that I kind of quibble with sometimes regarding comics, where I feel like because of the medium being used the storytelling isn't always held to as high a standard right. because you're taking in the story plus the art mm-hmm. plus the visual aspects of it. There were definitely moments here where it's that thing where like, I've read enough books about plotting and storytelling to the point where like, I can't do it myself. So I'm not, you know, putting myself over like that, but like I can see the, you know, I can see the wizard behind the curtain. I always say this. That's right. why I call Brian Cave on the motherfucker, right? Because when you <laughs> get to his like, you know, last page, blah blam on Saga, you're like, oh, fuck, of course. Like that's right. You go back, it was bam, 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 bam. You can see the story beats. I can really see the story beats right here on these. Not a bad thing necessarily. I don't know what the hell else Curtis J. Weeb has done. Yeah, but you know, if this is his first go round. You know, it's, of course it's going to have bam, 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 cliffhanger, bam, 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 bam cliffhanger. Character moment, action, character moment, cliffhanger. Like that's right. those those are the beats of a thirty-two page, twenty-six page, you know, comic. Um it was the character of Hannah that put this thought into my head. Okay. Because and led to me wondering, like, you know, what's more important, the fact that we are seeing female characters do these things, or that female characters doing these things are written by a dude. Right. Um are you familiar with the infamous Gone Girl monologue? No, I have no idea. So I will find a link to it in the show notes somewhere. Basically somewhere in the middle of Gone Girl, uh, the novel by Jillian Flynn. Sidebar, potential spoilers for Gone Girl coming. You probably already know she ain't really gone. Uh, <laughs> but whenever she turns up halfway through the novel or whatever, right? Um, I believe the perspective changes where it's like, oh my God, she was alive all this time. Um, she kicks off with this monologue about the cool girl. Right. You haven't heard about this? The cool girl monologue? I don't Gone think girl? so. Where basically it's like every man wants a cool girl right. who likes football and anal sex, but, you know, is also pliant and, you know, cool with everything, you know, that isn't really a woman. They're just like, they're the cool girl. Right. They just want to hang out. Like that, that's the aspiration now for, for girls is just be cool. That's what's most important. Right. You know, don't. And definitely don't, like, demand anything. I just got the sense that with Hannah especially is, like, this is, like, a fantasy version. They're all cool girls. They are all feel like on the cool girl spectrum. Possibly. Because they're all just, they're women behaving, quote, unquote, like men. (laughs) How men would usually act in these roles. Sometimes, though, playing D&D lets you free yourself up a bit. It's not across the board. I do, there are, like I said, Betty's the best character. Um, Yes. Moments where... 
she's clearly sweet on um, this other woman in town. Yeah. And things kind of go south when some bar fight that had broken out, which is they start off in jail. You see them in jail. Yeah. A bit plot. We should probably mention that. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. The, I didn't even go in for the plot. Sto- there's a story involved here. Yeah. Um, basically, it starts off with them in jail. Yeah. And it's like, we'll go get them to do some shit that we don't want to do. Um, so they get sent off to, what are they doing? Going to like, uh, there's like a troll, I think clear out some trolls from a cave or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. There's a bunch of, and there's a bunch of them that get sent out to things. Some like, you know, goth, dark elf brotherhood gets sent to go clean some toilets and, uh, (laughs) the four Daves. (laughs) I love the four Daves. Four Daves are awesome. (laughs) Um, get sent off to do something else. It's basically just shit that the town doesn't want to do. And the reason they're in jail is because they had started this bar fight or essentially Hannah had started this bar fight. Yeah. And in the bar fight, whoever this, I don't remember the character's name, but whatever woman Betty is sweet on is like, I'm out. Yeah. Type of thing. And Betty tries to go like reconcile with her. And there's a scene between the two of them where, you know, the woman she's after the potential girlfriend is like, listen, it's not, it's not my scene anymore. You know, my my bar brawl hangover days are over are over like, yeah that character you know like that character moment i thought was really cool betty gets the most moments like that mm-hmm. um as does what's the dwarf's name i have to actually write it down because i can't remember violet i thought betty and violet got the most notes like that yeah hannah struck me the most as like oh this is just the cool girl well the uh, yeah, um, yeah. At the beginning, maybe. And maybe she's got you know she got the damage in there or whatever. She, there's a moment where who gets Violet gets stabbed. Yeah. Basically, the thing is they go out to try and do this job, and basically everybody who's sent out on one of these jobs is basically like a trap for an assassination attempt. Yeah. And the queens end up, not to be confused with perfume, get uh, end up killing a orc troll. The troll, yes. Confused about the difference between orcs and trolls. Oh, orcs are smaller. Oh, God. Um, And they are humanoid. (laughs) The look of authority on her face as she started speaking. (laughs) Um, Trolls are the big guys who... Big lumbering club people. Yes. Okay, so they kill a troll. Yes. Probably a mountain troll. Head back to Palisade. Hey, what the fuck's going on? What, somebody tried to kill us? And then basically the town gets attacked by the troll's girlfriend something it's been a while and it's a there's a huge battle that breaks out because they're getting attacked by trolls and orcs um who's the orc the lady orc she had the best line in the book i can't remember sorry basically violet always wants a catchphrase is another thing i enjoy she always wants a dope catchphrase before she goes into battle and it's like like oh well we gotta go fight all these gotta go defend the town this is the right thing to do like we have to do this even while hannah's being like fuck it let's just bolt like yeah people have done nothing for us and you know, Betty's the one trying to like preach, like, don't, don't you get it? Like, this is, this is our fault. We have to fix this type of thing. And so they go to go out and it's like, oh, we're all going to die. This is great. And I don't know. I think it's another mer- mer- adventure yeah, squad or something. Another adventure group. Right. And a bunch of them got killed. Yes. The Rat Queens all made it out of their assassination attempt in one piece. There was this other crew that got, they all got killed. Um, I don't remember her name, but there's a giant orc woman who walks by and is like, Blood is the only language orcs understand, and I'm the fucking alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> she walks on pilots like, <laughs> fuck, that's so good. <laughs> so shit like that, I really like. Listen, it wasn't, it's doing something I hadn't seen before, and it's definitely not, I have to go back and read all the trades. 
Yes. But it's definitely something I will go back to at some point. It does. Because I liked spending time with enough of these characters. And you can tell this is their first, like, go at it. Yeah, like, and I, re- I read the whole trade, which is like six issues, probably. Is it, is it five or six? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, the first story arc. Oh, and that's what I was going to say about Hannah. You know, clearly she's got some darkness because in this battle with the trolls and the, the troll army, Violet gets stabbed through the gut type of yeah. thing and it's not looking good. And, you know, Hannah goes all black pupiled, yeah. dark arts rogue and just like, because they, they're kind of, they kind of yada yada how magic works. Uh, it's, a, who... it's a finite supply. So, I mean, like any other RPG, it's like, yes. you, know, you can't just zap forever like there's a recovery time um so she is like run out of her magic and then she like breaks her wand or something and like goes all black eyed speaking runes on white text runes on a black background type of shit anyone who knows is (laughs) speaking the vernacular has any has an idea of there's she's probably uh She's probably a multi-class. Like, she's probably... There's something else. So, maybe at one point, she did something bad and was a bad person and was a one class. And that now she portrays herself as, like, a, a wizard or um, a, maybe even a sorcerer. But, like, there's something else there. Maybe a warlock. Yeah, she goes um, all school of the dark arts on, yeah. on everybody. So, obviously, something's kicking around there. Um, there's something tied to the like captain of the guard mm-hmm. he's got some relation to the assassin the order that's trying to kill all these people yeah um none of the you know, i'm happy these mysteries were there none of them were like i have to keep reading to find out what happened I was yeah kind of like, meh, meh, meh. it will be moments like you know betty's absurdity or <laughs> <laughs> i just really want to know if violet ever does grow her beard back <laughs> right i love the, the uh i did it first she sees those other dwarves oh. with their beard shaved. She's <laughs> she gets, like, she I did it before about it was it. cool. It's like, it's just a thing now. Everybody shaves their beards now. I did yeah. it first. I did it before it was cool. The amount of shit I had to eat. Um, so, yeah, that was my only quibble with the, like, you know, my own fake wokeness. <laughs> I was yeah. like, well, this is cool that it exists. And I'm sure the cosplay is amazing out there. Oh, um, yeah. It's real good. But it's all made by dudes. So that's unfortunate, is it? I don't know. And also this, like, they all feel like they're doing the cool girl thing. Like, it's a dude writing. Well, but you got to remember, that's what D&D is. It's everyone being, like, <laughs> everyone being their coolest, coolest best self. <laughs> I suppose everybody just, it's just maybe, maybe they're not the cool girls. Maybe they're all just variations on the Mary Sue. Um, but, yeah, I, I want to, it's like a seven. Okay. But I feel like that's low. Like, I feel like I liked it better than a seven right. but i know i'm not it's a 7.5 i guess that's okay. the difference 7.5 like, i'm not i will get to it at some point but if like the second volume isn't at work and i can't read it on the break <laughs> i'm not gonna like <laughs> not down, gonna i'm it, not gonna no. download i'm not gonna go buy it and download it um okay All <laughs> right. i liked it enough to read it but not enough to pay for it <laughs> <laughs> wow that's, okay that's a, that's a 7.5 if, that, ever, if ever there was one absolutely like it enough to read it but get it from the library yeah um so yeah, I mean, I was I was impressed by it. It wasn't as like I said, like or like you said, it kind of had this yeah, swirling around it. Yes. So I was concerned about that when I went in, but it wasn't a wasn't that big a deal. Listen, it's going to make the character. The characters are what's going to make it, and yeah. the the titular rat queens are all to varying degrees fantastic characters. We haven't even talked about D. Is that the yes? Um, <laughs> or like 
blood drinking squid cult <laughs> family that she that she leaves. She's an atheist. So where she goes off to join uh, to join the queens. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's enough going on there. The world building isn't great, but then you know, they're, they're trying. I'm giving yeah. the old, giving the old college try, giving the old chin up motion. You know, yeah. the upward moving fist. It's like you're doing, you're doing your best, yeah. pals. You're, you're you're making, you're kind of doing it, not as well as others, but you're not as bad as some. So yeah, that's out there available. It's out by Image, so I'm sure you can find that anywhere on any of your Comicsology apps or at your local library, where you can also find all the birds in the sky. Yeah, I'm sure that's where Kate got it. Geek Down Book Club. <laughs> Another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Book Club. Well, Jesus Christ. We're Just good. so chatty. We're so chatty. Well. We're, we're making it up for next week. Yes. <laughs> so we're about to, about to hot shot record next week's episodes because your man ain't going to be here. And we know you need your content all the time. If you would like to thank us for all the content we provide you, Kate, tell them how they can do that. You can go to www dot patreon.com forward slash geek down pod and that's kind of uh, one of the places the show lives you can check out the show there and you can also if you want to help us out you can um like you know put that you'd like to give us a dollar every month <laughs> if you wanted to or, dollars or more. would be great or more don't downplay listen you want to give us more than a dollar that would be fantastic don't feel compelled to give us more than a dollar no. if a dollar is all you can afford if you feel bad because all you can afford is a dollar don't don't be delighted by a dollar yeah i've said this before you know what you feel when you fail when you find a dollar on the street so excited that is how we feel every time we get a dollar pledge yeah anytime we get a pledge period we're just like woo, woo. yeah yes ma'am um but if you want to like get at us for other things yeah. like to tell me i'm wrong and that creators <laughs> are always important to content and i'm a trash bag um you can do that at any of our socials so the first one being twitter and you can go to at geek down pod yep. instagram at geek down pod the gmail which is geekdownpod at gmail.com yeah, it is. and our facebook page which is at www.facebook.com for word slash geek down pod um and there's all the places you can get us i'm i live on facebook because i'm an old lady so yeah <laughs> feel free to like post stuff there and i'm an old man so i nuked my facebook i'm on for two hours i'm on for two hours a week yeah but you're all about the to post twitter the promo. and instagram i am all over, and instagram. all over that twitter yeah anyway caitlin walk us out all right well um uh, my name is caitlin mckinnon my name is jordan ferguson and the theme song is by rob gasser yeah it is and we'll see you next week. Yes, we will. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Wow. They're really going they at are it. Fucking. It's got to be. Unless they have a dishwasher or something and it's like. <laughs> Like, I don't know what the, I Googled and like fucking is the only thing I can like. You've Googled? Come, I don't know if it's like a structural thing and that how my fucking house is going to fall apart. Like, is this a thing that like happens? Like, no. is it just the wind kind of like catching This is it? not like, the wind, Jordan. It's like, why is, I live on the top floor. Why is my apartment shaking? Oh, wow. Sorry. And every couple weeks. Just Sunday, people are laid back. Like. I guess. Time, time for fucking. Um, but also, who's fucking? Because I feel like the only people would be next door. Like, no, it could be under. You think downstairs could do it? Possibly. I feel like they'd be fucking downstairs. Yeah. I feel like that's where the fuckers live. <laughs> all of them. All of the fuckers are all, downstairs. All three apartments down there. They're all fucking at once. Um, what were they saying? I don't remember.